Kenny Pickett won't start week one for the Steelers because then there's no going back. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. A wise NFL coach once said, if you listen to the fans in the stands, you'll soon be sitting with them. So to all you yinzers in Pittsburgh yelling for Kenny Pickett to start week one of the regular season versus the AFC champion Bengals, you're wasting your breath. If you haven't noticed by now, Coach Mike Tomlin and company have mapped out a carefully plotted plan for how to handle their three quarterbacks for this season. Each of the three has a specific role. Mitch Trubitsky, whom the Steelers signed in the first moments of free agency, is the bridge quarterback. Trubitsky is seeking his second and perhaps last shot as a NFL starter, and the Steelers needed a transitional figure to move the team from the Ben Roethlisberger era. Both will get what they bargain for when Trubitsky begins the regular season under center in Cincinnati. After signing Trubisky, the Steelers shocked the NFL by drafting Pitt QB Kenny Pickett at pick 20 in the NFL draft. It shouldn't have come as such a surprise. Tomlin and company had been watching Pickett all along during his five years starting for Pittsburgh. The two teams share the same practice facility, so the Steelers brass knew Pickett like no other QB in the draft. That's why they took him and not the much-rumored Tomlin crush, Malik Willis, who fell to the Titans in the third round all the way down at pick 86. Quite simply, Kenny Pickett is the fair-haired future of the franchise. His time could come sooner than anyone thinks, but not week one, despite Tomlin's off-the-cuff remark this week that Sunday's preseason finale versus the Detroit Lions could decide a number of Steelers' roster positions, including at quarterback. Said Tomlin on Monday, quote, A lot of spots are going to come down to this work versus the Lions. This work is weighted differently and appropriately so. The in-stadium work is significant and increasingly so with the more stadium exposure you get. So make no mistake, this is a significant game for a lot of people, unquote. Brooke Pryor of ESPN.com then asked Tomlin if his comments applied to the quarterback position. Tomlin didn't hesitate, saying simply, directly, yes. At the very least, the Steelers' head coach just gave everyone in the 412 area code and beyond reason to pluck down cash for a ticket to what's usually a ho-hum affair, the final preseason game. TV ratings in Pittsburgh for this Lions finale should be big as well. Steelers Nation will no doubt be pulling for Pickett on every play, wishing to see their favorite son all grown up and groomed to start in Cincy. It's just not going to happen. 
A major complication to Pickett's progression into the starting role is Pittsburgh's porous offensive line. Its shortcomings were on full display in the preseason game versus the Jaguars last Saturday. Hey, I've been sounding the alarm about the Steelers' bargain basement blocking unit since last season. It turned Ben Roethlisberger into a dink-and-dunk quarterback, and it hampered then-rookie Najee Harris from popping for game-breaking running plays. Simply put, it was pathetic. And now, this season, it could be even worse. Yeah, the Steelers have signed some guys, moved others around, and prayed for players to develop into their second year. It just ain't happening. Pittsburgh has the cheapest O-line in the entire NFL, and it shows. You get what you pay for. At least this year, the Steelers have quarterbacks who can move instead of the 40-year-old statue-like Big Ben. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada will incorporate plenty of motion and rollouts into this offense, some by design but much of it to compensate for the Steelers' poor blocking. And if the Jaguars game is any preview, there will be many points this coming season when the Steelers' QB is running for his life. If there were any thought of trotting out the popular picket in Cincinnati to please the Pittsburgh faithful back home, it evaporated with the steam that poured from Mike Tomlin's ears as he watched the film of his O-line following the debacles in Jacksonville. The Steelers will stick to their established quarterback plan. Trubitsky will start the season. He will face the furious pass rushes that will be little slowed by Pittsburgh's porous line. And when he falters or is injured, Kenny Pickett will get his turn. Steelers fans will cheer, but they'd be better off to pray. It won't be easy, and it won't be safe either. Doing it the other way around just doesn't make any sense. If the Steelers threw Pickett to the Wolves and he suffered a serious injury behind that offensive line, it would look like negligence. Such an injury could set back Pickett's progression for months, even years. Even if Pickett managed to stay healthy, should his play, his production, and his all-important self-confidence suffer for the lack of pass protection, benching him for Trubisky would smell a failure. It would reek of failure. The reverse course, however, projects progress. Trubisky to Pickett. Sure, now the Steelers are loaded with weapons at receiver, at tight end, at running back. Pittsburgh looks primed to put up points. The Steelers' signature splash plays could turn into a tidal wave. But a quarterback, especially a rookie, needs time to distribute the football to his plethora of dangerous options. The current offensive line which is now too late to overhaul or upgrade with the season just days away, will provide precious little time. Thus, Pickett will bide his time and wait. This brings us to the Steelers' third quarterback and Mason Rudolph's key role on this 2022 team. 
With Pickett's progression, many in Pittsburgh think Rudolph is now expendable. They see his playing the entire second half in Jacksonville and his predicted extensive playing time in the upcoming Lions game as film fodder for a coming trade. Perhaps with a better offensive line, the Steelers would consider it. Instead, Rudolph, who was the first quarterback the team locked up under contract for 2022, is valuable insurance. Yeah, it's a costly policy, but because the Steelers didn't invest in a better line, they'll have to pay it. Behind this line, no one is safe, and there's a significant chance all three Steelers QBs could see game action before this season is over. This last bit isn't part of the Steelers' quarterback plan, but it's a high probability given the team's big problems up front. Now, we delve into the Steelers' intriguing QB battle as it reaches its climactic conclusion, and we dig deeper into why the team didn't invest more into that shaky offensive foundation that's already showing plenty of cracks. It's all here in this preseason finale edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column, First Thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing the O-line laments and the picket Pittsburgh parades to life. Right now, let's get right to it. First up, the rest of the NFL is sitting up and taking notice of Kenny Pickett's play in Pittsburgh. This after much of the national NFL media poo-pooed the Steelers' pick of Pickett. Now, to gain the proper context here, we must travel back in time, back to the draft last spring. That's when Kenny Pickett was the surprise pick by Pittsburgh at slot 20 of the first round. SteelCurtain.com boards their time machine to really show the risk the Steelers took, risks that are now paying off in Pittsburgh. They write, quote, in addition to having just one year sample of great play, many analysts worried about Pickett's remarkably small hands and ability to drive the football. Despite his quality size, 6'3 and 217 pounds, Pickett didn't have a huge arm, and this concerned some NFL evaluators. Ultimately, Pickett was the only quarterback selected in the first round of that 2022 draft. So far, it's looking like Pittsburgh made the right choice. Through the first two preseason games of 2022, Pickett certainly looks like he's cut from a different cloth than the other rookie QBs that came out of this year. In fact, his passer rating is the best we've seen from a rookie in the preseason years, even topping Dallas's Dak Prescott's remarkable summer back in 2016. Pittsburgh hasn't just blown the rookie QB competition out of the water. He's also been one of the single most impressive players in exhibition action so far this year. Though his snaps have been more limited than some of the other quarterbacks, his 38.6 passer rating is better than anything we could have hoped for. Now, will Pickett prove to be the right choice for the Steelers in the long run? Well, Dominating an exhibition action is one thing, but it's something else entirely to do this in the regular season. Kenny Pickett has clearly moved ahead of Mason Rudolph on the Steelers' depth chart, but Mitch Trubisky is still expected to be Pittsburgh's starting QB to begin the season. 
However, it might not take long for a change to occur, especially if the Steelers struggle against a tough schedule early in the season. When this does happen, only then will Pickett be able to prove that he was the right selection for this franchise, unquote. Hey, that's a great way of looking at it, looking at the pick back in, in, uh, during the draft and what it looks like now, and it's looking good for the Steelers. But for Pickett to prove himself, of course, he'll have to overcome the Steelers' shaky offensive line. Typically, the O-line is the foundational building block for NFL success. The Steelers seem to be searching for a bargain basement shortcut to this success by scrimping on its offensive line both last season and in 2022. So we turn to Tim Benz writing for Trib Live, and he delves into the O-line dilemma that not only threatens to hold back the Steelers this season, but to retard the development of the team's franchise QB, Kenny Pickett. Benz writes, quote, If Pickett eventually starts as a rookie, the only lineman in front of him with a decent resume will be guard James Daniels. He was a second-round pick by the Chicago Bears in 2018 and signed with the Steelers for $26.5 million this past offseason. But he has had struggles adjusting in Pittsburgh. Kendrick Green and tackle Chuckas Okafor were mid-to-late third-rounders for the Steelers. Green has been switched from guard to center and now back to guard again. Tackle Dan Moore and guard Kevin Dotson are fourth-rounders. And center Mason Cole, a 2018 third-rounder, is on his third team in three seasons after assigning a three-year deal with a modest $4.56 million signing bonus with the Steelers, unquote. So that's where we are with this line. That's how it was built. And Benz is absolutely on its bargain basement uh, blocking. And now here we are with the Jacksonville tape looking with these guys spinning like turnstiles. We are panicking. But what are you going to do? Don't look for any last-minute replacements before the regular season begins. Benz tells us this, quote, Searching for multiple answers along the offensive line at this late stage is like looking for milk or toilet paper at the local Giant Eagle after the first Pittsburgh snowfall forecast of the year. It just ain't happening. The best thing for the Steelers to do may be to scheme around the problem. Then again, weren't they doing that for the last two years of Ben Roethlisberger's career? Sure, that quick-release passing approach was mainly a way for Roethlisberger to protect himself from opposing pass rushers because of his lack of mobility. But it also was a good way to protect the offensive line from having to block for very long. Now, with more nimble quarterbacks on the roster, the onus may be on Matt Canada to design and call a boatload of design rollouts, bootlegs, and moving pocket plays so that his quarterbacks aren't sitting ducks behind that collapsing O-line. Fortunately, motion is the alleged strength of Canada's offense and apparently the skills that new QBs Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett both possess. Some play action and properly timed jet sweeps as well as varied personnel alignments may keep the defenses on their toes and slow down pass rushes. But the offensive line is occasionally going to have to win in the run game as well as make to make all that effective. 
And that's been another problem spot for this unit in recent years, run blocking. Just ask Najee Harris. The bottom line for Ben's and for me and for the Steelers is the best hope is to simply make what they have better and in a hurry. Well, it sounds right, but good luck with that. And good luck and Godspeed to whoever starts at QB for the Steelers. He'll be running for his life and not all by Matt Canada's design. Now, that's because fixing this O-line is a much longer-term issue, and it's an issue that the Steelers' new brain trust of Omar Khan and Andy Wield will have to work on. But that work begins in earnest in free agency next spring, and then almost certainly with a prominent pick or two in the 2023 NFL Draft. It doesn't start now. We got what we have. It's a cheap bargain basement line, and... I, unfortunately, I think the quarterbacks, whoever they are under center, are going to pay for it. So until then, say a prayer, Pittsburgh. That's all we got. Finally, we turn to Ron Cook with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, who kindly points out the biggest bright spot of that Steelers offense. He finds a unit that's as good as the O-line is bad. Cook writes, quote, Maybe there isn't an Antonio Brown in the Steelers' wide receivers group, or a Cooper Cup, or a Tyreek Hill, a Devontae Adams, and a Jai Brown. But the depth and potential of the team's receivers is intriguing. I'm not sure there's a better set after the Cincinnati Bengals' Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. You got Devontae Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, and even Calvin Austin III before he was injured. And they each have had their moments this summer. Everyone is excited about Pickens. He was the star of training camp, making play after play. Johnson is solid. That's the reason the Steelers signed him to a two-year contract extension worth $36.71 million with 27 of that guaranteed. But I'm predicting stardom for Chase Claypool. He's big and fast with impressive ball skills. He showed his extraordinary talent as a rookie in 2020 when he had 62 catches for 873 yards and nine touchdowns. And he was productive at times last season, even though his touchdown total dropped down to two. He also showed his immaturity one too many times. But if the man grows up... Claypool's prediction of 1,300 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns this season don't seem all that outrageous to me. Meanwhile, Calvin Austin showed he could be a fit in the slot in Matt Canada's offense before a foot injury slowed him down. Gunnar Olszewski, Tyler Vaughns, and Steven Sims have made plays this summer as well. And don't forget about Pat Fryermuth and Najee Harris. Ben Roethlisberger has predicted greatness for Frymuth, and Harris had 74 catches for 467 yards and three touchdowns last season, in addition to his 1,200 rushing yards on the ground. Every NFL quarterback should be as lucky as Trubisky and Pickett to have such receivers. If only the Steelers had a better functional offensive line. And you know the brutal truth. The receivers won't matter if Trubisky and Pickett don't have time to get that one football to all those receivers. Unquote. Hey, 
who could have said it better than Ron Cook? I mean, he knows his team inside and out, and you're looking at it. Outside on the on the wide receiver position, across the board, receivers, we 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 got it. We got it. The Steelers got it. But that line in front of the quarterback and in front of Najee Harris, man, it's a turnstile. Hey, in many ways, it's the best of times and the worst of times for the Steelers' offense. And only time and the coming regular season will tell how it all shakes out and which Steelers QB is standing and starting come December. Let the season begin. We're all ready to find out. And of course, stick with your Steelers update podcast all season long. We're going to have fresh episodes every Wednesday afternoon. So sign up so you get it automatically wherever you get your favorite audio and podcasts. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.